strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And tonight we are going to talk about Anna Marie Jarvis, the so-called founder of Mother's Day. And this topic comes from one of our listeners who reached out to us. She emailed us at NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. And thanks, Gen Z. I always thought Mother's Day was invented by Hallmark. So did I. And then after I researched, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. When I saw her email, I was like, there's a founder? Hold up. Yeah. It just goes to show that even like the most mundane things that like kind of just go past your daily life actually have like a story behind them. Absolutely. If you're just willing to look. Mm-hmm. It's on the calendar for a reason. It's because someone actually took time to actually create it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the life of Anna. So Anna was born on May 1st of 1864 in Webster Taylor County, West Virginia, and she was the ninth out of 11 children. Seven of her siblings died in infancy or early childhood. So today, her birthplace is known as the Anna Jarvis House and has been listed on the National Register of Historic Places since 1979. Later in her childhood, though, her and her family moved to Grafton, West Virginia, and Grafton takes a lot of part in the story. So at the encouragement of her mother, Anna attended college and received a diploma for a completion of two years of work at the Augusta Female Seminary in Stoughton, Virginia, known today as Mary Baldwin University. So Anna moved around a bit after school. She moved back to Grafton and worked in a public school system and joined her mother as an active church member. Then her uncle, Dr. James Edmund Reeves, persuaded her to move to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is that how you say it? Chattanooga? Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee, where she worked as a bank teller. The following year, Anna moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to live with her brother. She moved a lot. She was very successful in Philadelphia after taking a position at the Fidelity Mutual Life Insurance Company and became the agency's first female literary and advertising editor. Bad ass. Mm -hmm. So when her mother became ill, her and her brother convinced her to move to Philadelphia so they can look after her. So during the Civil War, Anna's mother, Anne Jarvis, cared for the wounded soldiers on both sides, and she also orchestrated peace between Union and Confederate moms by forming a Mother's Friendship Day. When Anne passed away in 1905, Anna was obviously devastated, especially after taking care of her basically every day since she moved to Philadelphia with her brother. So she read sympathy cards and letters over and over again, taking the time to underline all the words of praise and compliments about her mother. Anna found a way to honor and memorialize her mother by working to promote a day that will honor all mothers. On May 10th, 1908, Mother's Day events were held at the church where her mother taught Sunday school in Grafton, West Virginia, and at the Wanamaker's Department Store Auditorium in Philadelphia. Anna did not attend the event in Grafton, but she did send 500 white carnations, which was her mother's favorite flower. The carnations were to be worn by sons and daughters in honor of their mothers and to represent the purity of a mother's love. So Mother's Day quickly spread, and that was because of Anna's letters she wrote and promoted campaigns across the country and the world. And it seemed obvious because when she was working at the insurance company, she was into advertising. So she was able to get the the viewers to see and promote wonderfully for this She knew how to find the movers and the shakers and to make it happen. The taste makers. Mm, Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. 
We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you <laughs> listen to podcasts on. Yeah, podcasts, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So she was assisted by many people like John Wanamaker and H.J. Hines of ketchup fame. Mm-hmm. And she soon devoted herself full time to promotion of Mother's Day. In 1909, several senators mocked the very idea of a Mother's Day holiday. Senator Henry Moore Teller, a Democrat from Colorado, has said that it was absolutely absurd and even trifling. He announced mm-hmm. that every day with me is a Mother's Day. Senator Jacob Gallinger, a Republican from New Hampshire, judged the very idea of Mother's Day to be an insult, as though his memory of his late mother could only be kept green by some outward demonstration on a Sunday. This didn't bother Anna, though. She enlisted the help of organizations like the World Sunday School Association and the holiday sale through the Congress with little opposition in 1914. The floral industry also supported Anna's Mother's Day movement, which uh, was extremely clearly. smart on their end. She accepted their, their donations and spoke at their conventions. Each Mother's Day, wearing carnations became a must-have item. Florists across the country quickly sold out of all white carnations around Mother's Day. Even newspapers and, and other types of tabloids were telling stories of hoarding and profiteering based on these florists. It's like red roses on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So the floral industry later came up with the idea of diversifying sales by promoting the practice of wearing a red or bright color flower in honor of living mothers and a white flower for the deceased. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Anna soon got angry on the commercialism interests associated with the day. She wanted Mother's Day to be the day of sentiment and not profit. I mean, sure, I get it. She wanted to be sentimental. Why to even start this? Of course. But she had no problem taking the flower company's donations when she was trying to move it forward through mm-hmm. Congress. It's like every good idea, once you have to take it through government, it just gets like all shitty and well, gross. Well, it's like every time she takes one step, she gets thrown back two more steps by everyone else trying to contribute and trying to take over it. Right. Because if case. somebody gives you money, they think that they own you. Mm-hmm. So around 1920, she asked people to stop buying flowers and other gifts and turned against the former commercial supporters. She referred to the florists, greeting card industries, and confectionery industries as bandits, pirates, and even termites that would undermine, with their greed, one of the finest, noblest, and truest moments and celebrations. For example, years after Anna Marie Jarvis founded Mother's Day, she was dining at the tea room at the Wanamaker's department store in Philadelphia, where is one of the first organized events that she hosted. And she saw that they were offering a Mother's Day salad. So she ordered the salad, and when the server brought it over, she stood up and dumped the entire salad on the floor, left money on the table, and walked out in an annoyed huff. She felt that she had lost control of the holiday, and what she helped create was crushed by her belief that commercialism was destroying Mother's Day. Just because something's commercial doesn't take away the sentiment, no, though. No, not at all. I'm like, you did your job. Right. Everyone is appreciating their mothers, uh, you know? It's- and when you do something that big, you have to understand that, like, then— Other people have a say and they Mm -hmm. do with it what they want. You don't get to be in control anymore. You can't control how people feel about the thing you created. So she had thousands of buttons made featuring a white carnation. And she sent these buttons to schools and churches free of charge. She also attempted to stop the floral industry by threatening to file lawsuits. And by also applying to trademark their carnation and the word Mother's Day. But she was denied. 
In response to her legal threats, the FTD, or the Florist Telegraph Delivery Association, offered her a commission on the sales of Mother's Day carnations, but this only pissed her off even more. I mean, at least she didn't sell out. I was like, if if she sells out, oh, okay. I'm going to be really annoyed. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh really? more money? FTD? Oh, wow. Okay. Also, interesting to know that FTD is like a whole association. It it's isn't just the sticker that's that outside the florist. Whole association that's been around a lot longer than I thought it was. Apparently way past like early 1900s, maybe even 18. Who knows? So her attempts to stop the florist promotion of Mother's Day with carnations continued. In 1934, the United States Postal Service issued a stamp honoring Mother's Day. They used the image known as Whistler's Mother by James Whistler. And on the image was also a vase of flowers. Anna was angry after seeing the stamp because she believed that the addition of the vase of flowers was an advertisement for the floral industry. Anna, (laughs) relax. Her ideal observance of Mother's Day would be a visit home or writing a long letter to your mother. She couldn't stand those who sold or used greeting cards. She said that the insincere printed card or ready-made telegram means nothing except that you are too lazy to write to the woman who has done more for you than anyone else in the world. She also said that any mother any mother would rather have a line of the worst scribble from her son or daughter than a fancy greeting card, which I actually kind of agree. I was like, if I wrote my mom a letter, she would just, oh, my God. But also the same thing with the greeting card. I know. It's so pretty. Like, She'll probably frame it. Exactly. All I right. don't know. I, I, just anything given by your children is something. It's the that, sentiment. Yeah. Just the fact that you're thinking of them. It's their I take whole, back everything I just said. Yeah. Their whole purpose in life is just to be love you and whatever you do to say that they're awesome. They just yeah. soak it in. It's like, oh, if you handwrite it, oh my God, this is so nice. If you buy a card, oh, you... You spent money on me? Oh, no, you You shouldn't have spent money. You could have just, you just show up. (laughs) You just come and you have a cup of coffee with me. Have some But more importantly, I have a very important question for you, Rob. Did Anna have children? No. Mm Mm-hmm. She fought against charities that use Mother's Day for fundraising, and she was dragged kicking and screaming out of a meeting of an American war mothers by police and was arrested for disturbing the peace in her attempts to stop the sale of carnations. Sounds like... She's getting a little... She even wrote a long speech against Eleanor Roosevelt for using Mother's Day to raise raise money for charities that work to combat high maternal and infant mortality rates, the very same work that Anna's mom did during her lifetime. Yeah, because Anna's mother lost seven children. Mm -hmm. So one of her last appearances in public was Anna going door-to-door in Philadelphia asking for signatures on a petition to withdraw Mother's Day altogether. Afterwards, in her later years, she became somewhat of a hermit and and a pretty intense hoarder. Anna spent her last days deeply in debt and living in the Marshall Square Sanitarium, which is a now-closed mental asylum in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Anna Marie Jarvis died on November 24, 1948, and was buried next to her mother, sister, and brother at the West Laurel Hill Cemetery. She was never told that her bill for her time at the asylum was partly paid for by a group of grateful florists. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. Wow. She never knew. Oh, Anna. You feel bad. It's almost like it was just like a compulsion, like an obsession. Like she was obsessed with caring for her mother. And then that turned into like a really unhealthy grief for her mother mm-hmm. that turned into a holiday. And then when she, when people weren't doing it the way she wanted them to. She tried to revoke the holiday as much as possible. She was like, no, 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 no. Don't do Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. For, I mean, for myself, I had a very tough relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, you have like Mother's Day is always sacred. Mm-hmm. No matter if you're fighting with them or whatever, you send the card, you send the flowers, you make the phone call, you make the trip, you eat the brunch, you do the <laughs> thing. It's the yeah. day that you're like, put it all aside, mm-hmm. regardless. Sometimes it's about money. It's not always about money. And I think that the sentiment was really there for what she wanted. I don't think that people are doing it wrong. It's just, it's sad that she couldn't see that she created something so awesome. And I'm I'm also confused a little bit on how, if she didn't want it to be so commercialized, do you think that she would find it offensive if it was actually on, a, on the calendar? Instead of sending out flyers where everyone just knowing that it's going to be on, like, she says on this one is May 10th, right? Sunday, May 10th. Sunday is not always going to be May 10th. So every other, like, whatever Sunday is going to be that year, do you think that she would have been upset if it was actually written on the calendar that we see today? Like, oh, they shouldn't be reminded to, yeah. you know, like, th- no matter what, she's going to have some type of right. negative response to anything that could be good about the holiday. That's, that, in my personal opinion, that's right. That's like those senators who are like, well, every day is Mother's yeah. Day. Yeah, and he's like, oh, what, like a Sunday I have to remind myself that I, I love my mother, you know? Which, of course, you know, that's a, a perfectly legitimate sentiment. But then you wonder if she had that thought, why did she take it to fucking Congress? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, you could have easily just been like, hey, we're going to have a Mother's Day celebration in the spring at my church. And you know? leave it at your church. Don't go worldwide. Don't. She went worldwide. She's... She got she got backers. Mm-hmm. She got the floral industry to back her. The thing is, though, is that she didn't even go to a church. She was an act. Her mother was an active member of the Grafton Church. Mm-hmm. She was there when she after she went to school. She went home and she became a member along with her mother. That was her mom's church. If you really want to do something for your mother and you really, then just have it at the church. You don't need to go crazy. You don't need to go to Philadelphia and have it at this huge department store to celebrate it. Because right there, they're like, wow, we just got our sales just increases for this one day because all the mothers are going to be well, and yeah, their children. Like, why would you have it at a it's department a great store? Mar- yeah, it's a great marketing tool. It's a of commercial. course they're going to offer a salad for the day. You know? And it's like, a commercial location. Absolutely. So she just, I think that she, her heart and her mind was in the right place. She just went a little off on yeah. on how she wanted to celebrate yeah. it. I think it's just really sad that she didn't see that what she created was a, a lovely, thing. A lovely and it's thing. A, and it's worldwide. I mean, March, um, I and think then, the UK, right? United Kingdom just had, I think their Mother's Day is in, UK, uh, in March. It's a worldwide thing. And she should be really happy about that. But instead, she's pissed off. Then she ended up alone and angry. In a sanitarium. So that is the story of the not-so-happy Mother's Day, a tale of carnations and controversy. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notoriousnarratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.